Man, I thought I was critical about movies. Those idiots at Horror Apocalypse are the worst. Their podcast? It stinks. Ooh, I found a sandwich. Mmm. 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 Listeners beware. There's no turning back now. You've entered the Horror Apocalypse Podcast. So everybody, welcome to another thrilling, exciting episode of the Horror Apocalypse. We are so excited to bring you today's episode. I'm kidding, I'm tired. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we've got a lot of stuff to get to today. Uh, Chris is actually going to take the lead on this one again. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I'm so lazy. The only reason why you're asking me to do this is so you can nap. Probably. So if you hear any snoring, either A, I was even too lazy to edit, or B, I just don't care. <laughs> Hey, who's, uh, whose idea was it to start this podcast again? Oh, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what episode we are doing today. Sure thing. So, uh, hello, everybody. Just saying hi. How's it going? Good, good, good to hear. Uh, today, we're doing another Patreon pick uh, from a gentleman named uh, uh, Michael. You know these people more than I do, so I'm going to say the name. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. Danny? That is correct. Yay, I got something right. Uh, so today, Danny's requested that uh, we do the movie Phantasm. Um, Actually, yes. let me interrupt you real quick. Go ahead. Um, Danny came out to our live event at GameStop yes. and actually um, donated some money to us. Uh, Did he hand you cash? More than just, he handed me cash That's in our little start. donation box. It was awesome. And he gave us a list of movies. Uh, there was a good, at least 10 plus movies on that list. And he said we could pick whatever one we wanted. So what I did was I went to a Facebook group on, or a group in Facebook uh, that's just filled with horror fans. It's horror uh, specifically. And I created a little um, a poll and I let the people there pick. And uh, the Phantasm uh, was probably. I would say more than twice the number of reviews than the movie or votes than the movie that came in second place. What came in second? Oh, I don't remember all that. <laughs> Do you remember what the other choices were? Uh, yeah, if you give me a minute, I can pull it up on Facebook. But if you want to go ahead and uh, in the meantime, keep yeah, going. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> so while he's doing that, I'm going to uh, I'm going to direct everyone's attention over here to the man behind the curtain. Uh, so today, Phantasm, release date of uh, specifically March 28th, 1979, uh, United States release. Uh, movie is rated R. We got a runtime of about an hour and 28 minutes. Uh, directed by Don Coscarelli. Very Italian there name. Uh, estimated budget of about $300,000, uh, which uh, for 1979 is probably a pretty, pretty decent amount of money. Uh, we have an IMDb score of 6.8, a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 72 on Metacritic. Uh, if you're looking for this movie, you can find it in a couple places. Um, you're going to be able to find it on Vudu, on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Prime, YouTube for a buck ninety-nine to about four ninety-nine, um, or you can get it free if you have a subscription to Shutter. So that is uh, that is all the the info as far as that goes on on this movie. 
Uh, Michael, did I stall long enough for you? You certainly did. Um, fantastic. Let's see. Phantasm came in first place with 21 votes. The next closest one was Prince of Darkness with nine votes. And then I don't know why you didn't remember this, but you voted on Reanimator. That yeah, I know. I, as you were talking, as you were saying that, I was like, "Oh shit! I think I voted on that." <laughs> uh, there was the car, One Dark Night, the Manitou, Dead and Buried, Alone in the Dark, Just Before Dawn, Final Terror, a bunch of movies listed. But bunch of movies. More importantly, Phantasm was the one that came out on top. Yes. Um, which, by the way, it's a movie that I I've seen. I've seen all the Phantasm movies, and I, I saw this one. Aside from recently, uh, oh, God, a good 15 years ago. So this was definitely a, a rewatch to, to familiarize myself with the movie again and uh, remember what the 70s were like. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Uh, this movie does, um, and I, I made sure to grab this information too, this movie does have uh, four sequels to it. Um, the first one being Phantasm Two, which came out uh, whopping uh, almost 10 years later. It came out in 1988. Um, so it was a good long time before they actually came up with a sequel for that one. Uh, then a few years later after that, in 94, we have Lord of the Dead. Uh, then uh, Phantasm Four: Oblivion in 1998. And then finally Phantom Ravager in 2016. So, um, yeah, the, the only thing I actually liked about Ravager was the sphere that was pretty much a freaking planet. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Um I am very surprised, though, that, uh, first of all, the, the guy who plays Reggie, um, he's never had hair. He's never had hair. I'm, I'm convinced the man has never had hair. Um, and he's had the same haircut forever. Yeah. So good for him. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, before we get too deep into talking about today's movie, let's get some of the uh, intro stuff out of the way. Sure. Because we've already been talking on the phone so long, I'm getting that underwater sound now. So, <laughs> definitely, definitely your phone. It is. I don't. I don't know what it is. Um, let me try switching to Wi-Fi. See if this helps on my phone. But I think it, it's one of those things that it's confused when I'm on the phone for at least an hour or more. They're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're you're a forty-something-year-old man. Why are you on the phone this long? What are you, a teenage girl? <laughs> exactly. Um. So, Chris, what have you been? Uh, what's been keeping you busy the last uh, week or so? Keeping me busy. Um, well, let's see. I finished uh, Stranger Things season three. Um, I binged it in uh, about a day and a half. Um, took me a little bit, but uh, nice. Um, this entire season was 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 awesome. It was so 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 good. Um, as most people know, uh, we are uh, <laughs> almost middle aged guys. We're in our forties. So um, seeing. Uh, I want to say it was the latter half of episode seven when they're in a supermarket and they're running down the cereal aisle. Um, I, I kind of screamed like a giddy schoolgirl because there were boxes of cereal I have not seen since I was like eight years old. Uh, Mr. T cereal, Pac-Man cereal, uh, Smurfberry Crunch, G.I. Joe, the real Ghostbusters. And, and the real Ghostbusters cereal box even had uh, the picture of the Frisbee you could get on it. Um, it... I, I was I was in heaven watching this. That's one of the things I love about the show is it really brings you back. If if you were if you grew up in that time, it really brings you back to that time, and it does a really good job of mm-hmm. it. Um, this season, no different. This season was great. Um, so uh, that and uh, also I know we, we discussed this. Uh, I'm going to bring up my my addiction. Um, I have a problem with Funko Pops. Um, it started out. 
as a as a uh, small thing. You know, somebody gave me one. Just like most drugs happen, someone uh, gives you a free taste, uh, but after that, you got to pay. So, uh, oh, yeah. he, he gave me one and, uh, it was a, it was a loot crate exclusive at the time. It was a, a, a Joker Batman and, uh, I had it for God knows how long. Then all of a sudden I saw something else. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I bought it. Next thing you know, uh, it's five years later and I'm 200 deep. Um, and I have nowhere to put these damn things, but they're mainly Batman and mainly Ghostbuster and mainly uh, uh, a mix of weird comic stuff. Anything that I'm interested in is is what I buy. I don't normally try to finish a set if it's not something I'm interested in. But uh, today, um, I dropped some money uh, on, on accident because I wasn't expecting on finding this. And uh, it was all the Big Bang Theory um, convent, uh, 2019 convention exclusive uh, Funkos. So it was each one of the Big Bang Theory characters dressed up as a DC comic character. Uh, Sheldon in, as the Flash. Um, Penny as Wonder Woman. Howard, I believe, was Batman. Raj was Aquaman. And the other guy slipping, I can't remember his name, was uh, Green Lantern. Um, I threw down 75 bucks, uh, but I only threw down 75 bucks because I looked to see what their value was, and their value was almost $300 for all of them. So hopefully I can, I can flip that pretty quickly hoping but uh yeah that's uh it's been everything that's been going on with me oh um one last thing um and i'm gonna mention this and you hate the guy but so once upon a time in america uh, excuse me once upon a time in hollywood completely different movie um it, <laughs> i i thought it was really good it didn't feel like a quentin tarantino movie to me um brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio crushed it um the movie was really good i i really i enjoyed it um, Harley Quinn Smith is in it. Uh, you know, everyone's been saying, you know, she was really, really good. She didn't do a whole lot, but for what she did do, she was really, really good. So good for her. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's about that. What's, uh, what's been going on uh, with you? I have a totally different addiction. I started with Funko Pops before, so I, I fully feel your... Uh, your dilemma there. I did the same thing. I started off with the exact same Joker Batman from Loot Crate. And um, then I found out they made horror ones. So I started yeah. collecting all the horror ones. And I had a, a fantastic collection where probably about eight of my pops were valued at a total of over two to $3,000 just in those. And I ended up breaking my addiction. I sold all those off, and I used it to, to pay off a credit card, which was fantastic. Uh, then I started buying movies, and I've been trying to build up my, my Blu-ray and DVD collection again. And, uh, well, you remember, I think, mm -hmm. when you lived down here, at one point I had like 5,000 DVDs. Yeah, it got, it and, got, uh, it got pretty bad. I mean, they were, they were stacked on the yeah. floor. Like, there was no place to put them. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm there again. You're there again. Your wife yeah. must be so thrilled. <laughs> she doesn't come in the man cave anymore. Oh, uh, good move. Good move for her. She said she she can't stand it. But uh yeah, I've I've got I bought two special cases from Amazon to start putting these up on, on shelves. And uh they're both full and I'm back to stacking on the floor again. <laughs> um I well, I went on vacation last week, which some of you know if you listen to our Bigfoot episode, I was I was on vacation for that. When I came back from vacation, I came back with more movies than I left on vacation with. Where do you and even I buy came movies? home to Oh, antique shops. Oh dear God. Um, 
And then when I came home, there was about seven to ten packages here waiting for me uh, of movies that I had bought while on vacation and before I went on vacation. So uh, and I think yesterday or the day before, I came home to more packages, and when I opened them, there was shit in there that I don't remember ordering. So... <laughs> It's you know there's it's a problem when you're like, problem. did I buy that? Right. Well, I've I've gone on this this big binge right now where um, I don't remember. Oh, I think I started with the Tales from the Crypt. Uh, I wanted to get the Tales from the Crypt collection. They are not talked in with Blu-ray, a lot of collectors. They? they are not. The uh, that's one of the things that I was looking for. Was I, I talked with a bunch of collectors and they said that the the transfer really wouldn't work very well going from DVD to Blu-ray anyway because of how old the show is and um you know to look uh, for the I'm going to call BS on that the, one because there've been plenty of movies that are older that have been transferred perfectly fine to Blu-ray yes but uh that's when you can get a hold of a uh film negative and kind of play with it that way a lot of this stuff was was produced for television and it's it's a little harder so I, I understand. I say it. it's worth it if they it. do it. It's worth it. I'd buy it. Well, I went and I I bought the individual uh, seasons that everybody was talking about. Yep. Uh, it, go ahead. What? No, I was agreeing with you. I was saying yep. Oh, <laughs> um, I found this great box set on Mercari, and it was like after all my coupons and credits and things like that, it was only going to cost me like five bucks. So I snagged it. And in the the collectible group, when I finally came in, I'm like, oh, I'm so happy to get this. And somebody asked a question about the compression rate. So I put it in in the laptop and I'm checking out the information on the disc. Come to find out, I think it's a bootleg. So um, like these these discs should be coming in between like six to ten gigs per disc. And this one is coming in at less than four. So um, Obviously, these files were compressed really, really hard, and it's just, it's not that great. And the boxes were cheap and flimsy, and so I went out, and I was, I messaged the guy uh, on Mercari, and I said, you know, hey, this is fantastic, I really appreciate this, and I got it at such a great price, thank you so much, but just to let you know, um, I think it's a, a bootleg. Well, the guy never replied to me and ended up blocking me, so I can't see anything else he's selling, so fuck him. So I went out on this hunt, and I found another complete set, this time in the individual packaged seasons when they used to release, like, season one, then next year, season two, season three, so on. And that's supposed to be the best version of it. I get it. I'm going through everything to make sure it's all there. I'm like, oh, this is great. I get up to season five, and it's missing a disc. So I write to the guy. Um, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I'll, I'll look and see if I can have it. It's If I have it, it's been like two weeks now, and he still hasn't gotten back that he has the oh, disc. Jesus. But but he did as, a, as an apology. I mean, this guy really could have said, well, fuck you. You already paid me. Good luck. Yeah. Um, but he's doing everything that he can. The guy is fantastic. He uh, gave me a discount on some other stuff that he had, uh, some like unopened uh, TV seasons, which I ended up buying, and I'll tell you about those in a minute. <laughs> so I went on OfferUp, and I found this woman out in California that had the complete Tales from the Crypt set. And it's the even better version than what I got from this guy. And uh, they were all like in, in individual um, boxes, and it's, it's, oh my god, awesome. It was the exact set I was looking for, and I got it for like 30 bucks. So it made it even better. That's good. Um but when I got all of this and I finally got settled on, on Tales from the Crypt, I'm like, oh, you know what? There's some other horror shows out there that I forgot about. So I ended up buying the complete set of Tales from the Crypt. 
I bought the complete set to Monsters. I bought the complete set to Night Gallery. I got the Whoa. complete set of uh, Twilight Zone. <laughs> uh, it's it's rough, but I also the the gentleman that I bought from on Mercari the first time. Yeah, I'm getting a complete collection of the Monsters, the complete collection of Monty Python and the Flying Circus, and the complete run of V. You know, out of all those, the one I actually do have is the complete Monty Python Flying Circus. Is that that like twenty five, thirty disc long one? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge box. It's a huge box. Uh, yeah, um, I I got that one uh, for a Valentine's Day present years and years and years ago, um, and it's still I I love that box. Like I I sold off a lot of my stuff uh, over the years. Like I got rid of a lot of DVDs um, and Blu-rays because I was I was trying to be a minimalist at the time. Uh, at the time, I also hadn't discovered Funkos. Um, uh, but I, I, but I kept, I kept Monty Python. I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of this. This, this Monty Python is still good, too good. So. Yeah. The, the only issue I run into is uh, last couple of things I've ordered. Um, I forgot that I wasn't gonna buy from this guy before because the last thing I got had a really uh, strong cigarette smell, and I don't smoke. So when I get it, I really smell it. Mm. And this last time I ordered some stuff, and as soon as I opened that box, man, it hit me. So I've got uh, those discs and everything set aside in a Ziploc bag with some dryer sheets to kind of help pull that out of there. But um, that's the only downside I've run into. Well, I mean, it's have you tried playing them too, just to make sure that they work? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. No, so, uh, usually when I get this stuff, I immediately check the top, make sure there's no top scratches because yeah. that just ruins it. Check the bottom. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because the Tales from the Dark Side set that I got, I ordered from Amazon, and uh, it came in. And as soon as I picked up the the thing that they dropped on my front doorstep, I could hear it shuffling around inside. Uh, Some discs had become dislodged. Uh, and uh, as soon as I opened it up, two discs were loose and they were scratched all to hell. Uh, um, did did it? So uh, did the tabs break too, on the inside? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, or on, on the second one, the tabs were broken because I immediately started the, the return process on them. They sent me another one and, uh, the same thing this time, three discs were dislodged. The case was destroyed and a bunch of tabs were broken. So what I did was I just went ahead and I found, uh, the least scratched discs because it was always the same ones that came loose. Disc one of season one and disc three of like season four, I think is the final season. Okay. And um, it was always those same discs. And I guess the second one that came through, they weren't as badly scratched as the first one. So I was able to put those in the first set and test them, and everything's been great. So I've actually been watching a lot of Tales from the Dark Side. Wow. That's, a, that's by the way, is a show I have not, I have not seen in forever. I, I couldn't even tell you, like, an episode from it. It's been, it's been that long. Well, ironically, the last episode I watched was called The Apprentice. And it was this girl who... Takes a job at a um, Puritan vill- reenactment village, but the longer longer she stays in the village, the more I guess she ends up traveling back in time. And oh, there's all kinds of it's it's screwy, but I love it. Yeah, cool, very cool. Um, now that we've uh, I think we've regaled everybody with our with our addictions. <laughs> um. You have uh, you have anything else that's been uh, keeping you keeping you busy since 
since uh, last? Uh, no, and that's that's the problem, guys. I have been really lazy. I don't know what it was this last two weeks, or since I came back from vacation. I just haven't gotten into the swing of things. So I've actually slacked off on our YouTube channel, and I haven't even rebuilt our website yet. So I do apologize to everybody for that. Fucking um, slacker. Yeah, fucking slacker. And we're still 25 short on YouTube, and I think that's part of what's what's kind of killing me is I'm like, well, nobody wants this shit, so why am I doing it? Um, so if you want to keep seeing those trailers, you want to keep getting our podcasts on YouTube, please head on over and subscribe. I mean, you don't even have to listen to it. You don't have to support us and, and pay anything. But if you become a subscriber, once we reach that hundred, we can. It helps us out quite a bit. So, help me out, get me motivated again, and jump over to YouTube and become a subscriber. And uh, I'll throw. I'll even throw this out there. If uh, we actually hit the hundred, um, maybe we'll start doing video on YouTube, and people can start watching us look like two guys talking in the microphones at two different we, parts uh, of the country. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we want them to subscribe. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but, but we're adorable. So, I mean, there's that. Well, just because my mom says I'm adorable doesn't mean I really am adorable. Just ask my wife. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's jump back on over to Phantasm. Phantasm. The delusion of a disordered mind. A phantom. A spirit. A ghost. For nearly four decades, it has been contained, but evil always has a way of breaking free. Tommy's gone. It's hard to believe. It was a good idea not to let your little brother come to the funeral. Hey, I don't like this place. Something weird is going on. Funeral is about to begin, sir. What's wrong with you? There's something up there. I saw it. You got some kind of an overactive imagination or something? I know you're not gonna believe this, but these things were here. Oh, give me a break. Okay, I believe you. What we gotta do is lay that sucker out flat and drive a stake right through his goddamn heart. We're gonna run that tall bastard straight down to hell. You play a good game, boy. But the game is finished. Now you die. Phantasm. Fear. Phantasm. What's that? Oh my god. What? Um, by the way, you know what? There's. Oh, go ahead. Good. <laughs> no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, I was just gonna start. You know, it's there's something about this movie. I mean, my thought about this movie was if you took out all of these surrealism all of this this dream sequence to it and you just made it like a movie today mm. this seems like it would have been an episode to a tv show it, yeah. it would have been much shorter um 
and not as much substance. But there's got to be something said for a movie that starts off with a sex scene and ends with a human sacrifice in that same sex scene. It's true. Uh, and, and, you know, by, a, by an old man, which is, which is what makes it creepy. Um, but, I mean, Angus Grimm in that role was creepy anyway. But uh, just the fact of uh, they flip it from, from, you know, the guy banging a chick to it being Angus Scrim. Um, yeah. I don't remember that flashing in the beginning, but I remember it in the, in the end. Yeah. It was, it was a flash in the beginning and, and in the end too. Uh, that's uh that, that was pretty much the trademark. It was like, with the exception of, um, uh, Jody, uh, banging the one chick in the, in the cemetery, the other, the other chicks were, were Angus Scrim, which is, which is, yeah. Uh. Not to say, you know, in his heyday, I'm sure he was a very good-looking guy, but he's definitely not a very good-looking woman. So, just my opinion. Oh, my God. What? I just want to know where he keeps his vagina. In his back pocket. Oh, it's a good place for it. What did I think of that? Um, by the way, I did, uh, since I was doing a little bit of digging on the movie, uh, I, I grabbed the taglines from this movie. Did you take a look at the taglines for these things, for this movie? I did not. You did not? Okay, well, uh, there are five of them, all right? Uh, I'm going to go in the, in the order in which I grabbed them from because I, I find them funny. Uh, first one, if you're looking for horror that's got balls, it's found you. Second one, <laughs> this ball wants to play with you for keeps. Next one, if this one doesn't scare you, you're already dead. Beware the ball. Beware the tall man. Beware the never dead. And last one. <laughs> I get a bing right after I said that. Where the dead are no longer that way. Dot, dot, dot. I don't think you had to say dot, 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 but it felt like I needed to say <laughs> dot, dot, dot at the end of that. Um, I, I think they're hysterical because this is a movie, like I said, it was 1979. Uh, so those those taglines back then, I'm sure, were, were scary. And now they're just comical. Uh, I hope when you put this up, you put the trailer for Phantasm up because one of these taglines has got to be said in that movie, in that trailer. You want to uh, you want to get into the uh, story story description here? Uh, sure, sure. Um, the intro sex scene that I I referenced before, um, that guy's dead. Uh, all his friends come back for his funeral. Uh, one of his friends has a little brother, uh, Mike. I believe was his name, Mikey. Mikey. And uh, he's spying on his brother having sex. He uh, spies on the tall man picking up a um, casket by himself and putting it in the back of the hearse. Uh, finds out that there's a dimension in this guy's um, mortuary, I guess you would call it. Yeah, It's a mortuary. mausoleum and a mortuary all in one. It's yeah, weird. It was, it was kind of a weird setup, yeah. Uh, he's got a uh, really cute friend whose grandmother is a psychic and Ozzy Osbourne. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I thought she looked like Ozzy too. Yeah, when, when she wheels grandma over, the only thing I could think of was I didn't know Ozzy was in this. Um, let's see. Oh, and not to mention, I mean, this this is a... <sighs> This movie, I, I, I want to get back to that scene with Mikey watching his brother have sex in the graveyard. <laughs> um, 
besides something that you would normally see on Pornhub, mm. this led to probably one of the most um, insensitive, uh, politically incorrect lines that we would definitely not get in today's uh, society. Like when he's he's talking, the older brother's talking to Mikey. Uh, Jody, I think is his name. Jody, yep. Was talking to Mikey. Jody's talking to Mikey, and he's like, um, you know, well, what was it? I don't know. It was low to the ground, and it was growling. Are you sure it wasn't a badger? Like, really? A fucking badger? No, I think um, he said a beaver in heat or something like that. It was like, really? Yeah, That's I, where I, you're getting that wrong? Beaver in heat? But then he goes further on, and he actually says, and oh, I quote, Yep. You sure it wasn't that retarded kid Timmy that lives up the street? Yeah, I caught a, I caught that too. I caught that too. <laughs> One, I mean Timmy. Living out Timmy. Timmy. But but you can't call anyone retarded in today's day and age. No, no, only your uh, close friends. Yeah, yeah, and and definitely not in public where somebody else can hear you and then request <laughs> to speak with the manager. Uh, yeah, I I caught that too, and I immediately started laughing. I was like, wow. I mean, in this day and age, like, I, I know we're overly sensitive nowadays, but it, <laughs> just the shit you could say and just it, it had no effect, no effect whatsoever. It's like, like the retarded kids. Like, yeah, no, that's you know, they, when you were a little slow, they called you retarded. That's that's the way it was. No, no, no. Now it's you're mentally challenged. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, your special needs. Well, I still am mentally challenged. Um, I was retarded, and now I'm mentally challenged. So. I'm I'm fine with it either way. No, it retarded is an actual term. If, if something is not meeting its its growth or its its uh, evolution, its its movement that it should be making, that progress is retarded. You didn't I'm uh, sorry folks, that's an actual term. You didn't Webster uh, dictionary that, did you? No, I did not. Oh, okay. All right, just checking. Just checking. But come at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if you guys listen to this show, if this is your first time listening to us, you know that I am fucking sick and tired of this politically correct bullshit. I I don't know. I, I was raised by a man who was born in 1921. Shit was completely different back then. Uh, and I look at things now, and I can't help but cringe. Uh, when did we become so sensitive? Anyway... Back back to the subject at hand. I just wanted to give you guys some backstory. I, you know I'm not politically... I try not to be politically correct. I'll try to be as sensitive as I can, but I'm not going to be fucking politically correct. Hey, 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 Rush, Rush, tone it down a bit, huh? Oh, don't, don't get me started on that either. <laughs> fucking politics. Uh, but anyway, so there's a movie here. I don't here. care if you're there's a libtard a or a Republican. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm, ch- I'm trying to save you here, buddy. There's a movie. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So uh, there's a movie called Phantasm uh, that, we're, that we're talking about right now. Uh, we're not talking about politics. We we're talking about Phantasm. Phantasm. Focus. Focus. Focus on that. Go ahead. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, the retarded part, that was, that was kind of funny. I did laugh at that. Um, over the fact of if anybody... Yeah, I, I have two older brothers. And there was never a moment in time that I decided it would be a good idea to spy on them having sex. Ever. Ever in my life. I, I, it, I know different time and everything. Maybe it was because porn wasn't as accessible in the 70s and early 80s. I, maybe that's what it was, but no. No, I mean, I, no. 
that's that's it's, it's a very close to incest. That that's no no not cool. But I mean, like I said, it was the seventies and eighties. Maybe that was a thing. But uh, and the fact of so he interrupts his his brother uh, trying to trying to mac on a on a girl in uh, in a cemetery. Uh, it does appear to be that the only place people have sex is in this cemetery. This is like, what did it happen? Three times in this movie? Two, three times? That they were just, people were in the cemetery? At least twice. Just, yeah, at least twice. I mean, I'm surprised people aren't running into other people having sex in the cemetery. Going, oh, oh, I'm sorry, you're, you're banging on that grave. I, we'll, we'll go over here. You know, it, it <laughs> don't, don't they have hotels in this town? Don't they, like, people have houses? No. No, yeah, they have houses, but they have you. Did you see this? Did you see the the tavern that he went to? Yeah, it no, fit it was, like six people before yeah, it was packed. I yeah, know. <laughs> so uh, to bring up to the tavern, um, so after um, uh, Mikey interrupts Jody from from trying to mac in the cemetery, um, the next day uh, Jody goes to his local tavern, which is pretty much a closet. And he's telling the bartender the story of of what happened the night before because when Mike, uh, when Jody went back to go find the girl, the girl was gone. The girl was taken by the tall man, but we don't know that yet. So he just is like, oh, okay, the you know she ran off. You know, Mikey scared her, and and now now I'm not going to get any in the cemetery. So the next day he's complaining to the bartender uh, in this. <laughs> it was basically it was a closet. It was it was definitely a closet. And I mean, they spent three hundred thousand on the on this movie. You know, is that all they could get for three hundred? Maybe in the budget there, they couldn't couldn't get anything else. Uh, yeah. Did you watch the movie? Because no, it it no no. <laughs> well, you know what? He it, um Don didn't even own the recording equipment, like the cameras and things like that. Yeah. Um, he rented these. This movie was made on such a budget that he rented the equipment on Fridays, knowing that they were closed on Saturday and Sunday, so he could return it on Monday, get three days for only paying for one day. The guy was a freaking genius. That you know, back then, that that is a, that is a really good idea. Kind of kind of works the same way with uh, uh, when you rent uh, uh, stuff from United Rentals or, or Sunbelt. If you, this is very important. If anyone ever needs to rent a lift, rent it on Friday because they don't charge you for the weekend. Just saying. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Rent what from who? A lift. You know, my, uh, my, my, my job requires that kind of stuff. Never mind. Anyway, so uh, uh, where are we? All right, horrible bar. That's where we're at. So, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was a horrible bar. Um, and uh, I was very, it's very unclear to me, and maybe I missed it in the movie, but Mike, Mike and Jody live together. They're brothers. I know the father is definitely dead. Is the mother dead too, or is the mother gone? Did you catch that? I, uh, my interpretation is both the parents died in like a car accident or something. Gotcha. All right, because I, I, I definitely remember them saying something about the father being dead, and and they de- definitely go to the father's, uh, what is that mausoleum? Like when they pull the father's, mm-hmm. the father's coffin out, and they don't pull the mother's coffin out, just the father's. So I, I that's what threw me off. Is that uh, I don't well, remember them showing the mother's the mother's name. Maybe there's there's something that we missed on in that aspect too because they, what I was confused of was the whole we start off with with Jody or sorry with Mikey going to the going to Ozzy to get a, a palm reading or something <laughs> and um, 
he's worried that when Jody leaves, he's just going to leave him. And they're trying to tell him, you know, no, if, if Jody leaves, he's going to take you with him. So maybe there was a parent that we just never saw, never got introduced to or something, because why would you leave your 13-year-old little brother? That is a good point. And, and one other thing, I'm glad you said, excuse me, I'm glad you said 13-year-old little brother, because when we first see Mike, you don't hear his name yet, and I swear to God it was a girl. I swear, like I was watching it going, that's a girl. That's definitely a girl. And it's not until later where you hear the name Mike that you go, oh, shit, it was a boy. He definitely well, looked like a girl to me. The end- <laughs> he definitely- again, different time. If you look at pictures of me from the 80s, I looked like a little girl. Yeah, except you had the beard. <laughs> no, not yet. I had a mustache. <laughs> you had that 1980s uh, uh, Italian guy mustache. You know, it was just just oh, that yeah. black, just that black mustache. That was it. You had the gold chains hanging. I had that from the time I was twelve. <laughs> Isn't that how you become a man when you're Italian? They hand you a gold chain. <laughs> the first time you put on one of those Italian horns and it nestles in the black hair of your chest, you know you're a man. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably accurate too. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, where the hell were we? <laughs> Uh, after the tavern, I don't remember what happened. The hell happened after the tavern? Uh, I, I want to say that they went back to the house, but um, Mike is nosy. Mike is very, very nosy, and I don't know why people in this town spend so much time in the cemeteries, and why Mike thought it was <laughs> a good idea to to start spying on the cemetery just because he. I, I don't even think at this point he even saw the tall man lift the the coffin yet. You know. Um, I don't remember when the hell that even happened in the movie. That was that was back at the beginning because was it was right after the funeral. It was after uh, Reggie and uh, Jody and all of them left the funeral. It was it Tommy's funeral? Everybody ends in an E. Um, <laughs> but when when they left the funeral, uh, the tall man pulled the casket back out and then picked it back up and put it into the uh, the back of the hearse. Okay. See, I I, I forget the timeline in which this happens. But um, but that's that's not mentioned again until much later in the movie, anyway. So yeah, when when um, uh, Mikey's trying to tell Jody that uh, of what he's seeing and stuff like that. So uh, yeah. let, let's flash forward a bit. We'll we'll get to that. But let, let's go ahead and flash forward because not a whole lot of interesting stuff happens in between that up until you get to uh, Mikey deciding he wants to break in to the uh, uh, funeral home slash mortuary slash mortuary slash morgue slash whatever the hell it is. Uh, he decides he wants to break in uh, to prove that he's seeing all these things. So he sp- smashes a window, which, you know, I realize it's the seventies, probably no burglar alarm, but kind of loud. You would, you'd figure someone would hear that. So he smashes a window. He creeps himself inside. He starts doing the whole creepy thing. Eventually comes across the tall man and runs from the tall man, and the tall man's fingers, uh, he slams the door on the tall man, the tall man's fingers get stuck in the door, and they're kind of flapping against the door, which, by the way, cool effect. I Even for the 70s, I thought that was kind of cool, the way that the fingers were stuck in the door, and it really looked like the fingers were probably flattened, stuck in the door. So I don't know how they did that, but cool effect. Um, when Mikey sees that the fingers are stuck in the door, he cuts the fingers off. He t- whips out his knife and cuts them off. Um, mm-hmm. Grabs one of the fingers because all the blood is yellow. So he's like, okay, now someone's going to have to believe me. Grabs one of the fingers, put sticks in his pocket, and ma- makes a beeline for it. 
And that's when we see the evil Jawas. So uh, <laughs> the evil Jawas are... Utini. The, <laughs> they don't make that cool Utini noise. They make a, a, like a grunty uh, sound, of, sound of a guy having sex in the cemetery type of noise. And Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> you know that I hate to say it, but I think I, it may have actually been Ron Jeremy doing doing the uh, the sounds for that. Um, <laughs> Explains why he thought it was a hedgehog. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of Italians, um, so <laughs> so Mikey's trying to uh, get his ass back through the window. And the evil Jawas uh, are grabbing at his sneakers and whatever, and they they yank one of the sneakers off before. Uh, uh, so so, you know, uh, now they own half of a Nike, um, or Reebok. I wasn't not even sure what what it was, but uh, so Mikey runs home in his in his one uh, uh, one shoed uh, way. So we have <laughs> Mikey now screaming for Jody. Um, you know, look at this, look at this. You know, I can prove it now. Shows it to him in a box. And he opens up the box, and the damn finger's still moving. You know, even though it's cut off, it's still moving, and there's all this yellow. And Jody has the most ambiguous, I don't even know if that's the right word for it, the most, like, unconcerned, unaffected look on his face. Like, he opens up the little box, and it's just like, yep, you're telling the truth. No amazement, no nothing. <laughs> you know, just like, yep, okay. Uh I don't know about you, but if somebody handed me a box with a finger in it and the finger was moving and all the blood was yellow, I think I'd be a little bit more excited than than that. You know, maybe. It's it's great that you brought up that, that particular scene because I actually made a note on that. And my exact note, uh, let me pull it up here, um, was how simple something as small as changing blood color can affect a movie. And, and that was my thought on that was... This you never really get a grasp of what these characters are uh, until much much later until the end when he walks yeah. through the tuning fork. But um, is that what they're calling it, when, or, or is that just what you're calling it? That's what I'm just calling okay. it. Okay, all right. I didn't know uh, if that was the actual name, and maybe I just missed it somewhere. But when when he cuts those fingers off and that that yellow splatter on the wall, the the yellow puddle underneath. Yep. You could understand green. We've seen green represented as blood in movies yep. during that time. We've seen red. It's so common. Yellow, I don't think... I think the last time I saw yellow was uh, The Fly. Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum's The Fly. And that, I think, came much later than this. So yeah, that came... That was like 84 or something, 83, I think. Yeah, so we're talking at least five plus years after this. Yeah. Um. And it was at that point, yeah, you kind of fall in the same thought process as Mikey. Well, something's fucked up here. Yeah. You know, this this is wow. And I, I loved it. I thought yellow blood was just fantastic. And I, I, there are people out there who don't like the yellow because, oh, my God, they just look so fake. Well, well it's the 70s. Have you ever met a creature with yellow blood? <laughs> That's accurate. I, too. I mean, yeah, it's, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. You know, speaking of blood, um, let me backtrack for a second because there, there is one important thing that happened, and I f completely forgot to mention it. While Mikey, uh, the is, caretaker, yeah, while Mikey is in, uh, and he's in the funeral home still, uh, the caretaker happens to, to come across him and finds him. Um, at the same time, you start hearing this whizzing noise, and that's the first time you see the sphere. And I have to say, 
the effect of the sphere sitting there and the effect of the sphere going pat like going fast past the screen for the 70s man that really wasn't that bad but then they give you the close up and the sphere the sphere has the two prongs that comes out of the front that looked like it was the 70s you know it was like mm-hmm. kind of kind of shitty and of course you know as anyone who's who's seen the phantasm series we know what the spheres are the spheres are going to plunge themselves into your head and then a little drill is going to come through and it's going to suck all your blood out and throw it out the back of it which i still don't fully mm-hmm. understand as to why that's happening but that's what they do why not um i don't have to understand it. i just have to watch it and enjoy it uh so the sphere is doing that to the caretaker because Mikey was smart enough to duck, and and so the caretaker gets it in the face. Um, the blood that's shooting out the back of this thing. Now, yeah, it's nineteen seventy whatever. I mean, uh, that was some really red, like it was like a bright red, almost fire engine red <laughs> color shooting out the back mm-hmm. of this thing. And I, I tried to put myself in the position, like like what you were saying uh, in 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 that time that time frame. Yellow blood's not something you normally see. Well, at the same time, that color red isn't something you'd, you'd normally see. You know, I, I don't know how much money they spent on on the fake blood for this one, but the, I think they could have gone a sh- like a hair darker, maybe. Just saying. Well, I don't think the caretaker was one hundred percent human either. He was clearly under the, the, the dark around yeah. his eyes and stuff. Yeah, he was clearly under the influence of something. But um, even even later Which, in the movie. Um, when you see people get stabbed and stuff like that, the blood's still like an off color, you know? Yeah. Like with Reggie. Yeah. I, w- I was going to hold that to the end. Damn nah, you. fuck it. They know we're a spoiler filled podcast. <laughs> um, you know what though? That, that scene, I actually kind of wanted to talk about that scene as well. So thank you for bringing it up. Sure. The, I actually thought it was fantastic because, and this is what I noticed watching the remastered version on shutter was when that ball connects with the caretaker's head, mm-hmm. when it's from the side, yes, it, it is pretty fake. I, I actually have a sphere replica, which uh, I'll post a picture of it after we record here. Um, but yeah, it you can tell, you know, it, it's kind of off and blah, blah, blah. But when it cuts back to kind of behind his head and you can see the drill start coming out of the sphere, you can see the reflection in the sphere of the the caretaker's forehead and you can see the drill starting to go into his forehead and my thought was wow this is way before cgi how the fuck are they doing that that is great practical effects yeah so i'm i'm kind of the other end i i thought it was very well done all right I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I know it was the 70s and, and all, so I'm, I have to chalk it up to that. Um, the only thing I would, I would say as far as... My, my whole complaint of the whole thing was the, was the color of the blood. That, that was it. I mean, the effect on it... You know, it, it it's, a cool, it's a cool thing. It, it, is, it is cool. I mean, to take a silver ball and, and basically... It, I think that was very inventive. Uh, so if I remember right... Um, where's his name? Where's his name? Where's his name? Don Coscarelli, he's also the writer of this movie, mm-hmm. if, if if I remember right. So good for him on thinking on something that's kind of far out there. You know, who would have thought that a little little silver ball would would do something like that? Um, so you got to see the version you watched was clearly much better than the version I watched. I watched um, a, a DVD of of the movie, 
And it was not special. It was not like there was no special features to it. There's no, there was nothing. Like my copy was dirty. It was like watching it on VHS. Um, yours is probably a little bit better than mine. Uh, I did not get that, uh, that full reflection uh, type of thing you were talking about. Like that I, I didn't get in my, in my copy. Your, your copy is definitely way, way cleaner than what I watched. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you probably saw a lot better. Uh, like all my nighttime scenes were really dark. I mean, really, really dark. And I'm going to guess, you know, in the 70s, sure, it's dark. And in VHS transfer, it's going to be dark. Even in DVD, before the, before the Blu-ray was coming out, they didn't, they didn't clean it up. They just transferred it, and that was it. Um, I'm sure the version that you saw on Shutter, you said it was a special edition. Is, is that what it was? It was the uh, remastered edition. Remastered. But okay. That being said, yes, it, you can't really lighten up the the mm-hmm. dark scenes and stuff. So, yeah, in the the cemetery, like the scene where uh, Jody's climbing on top of that woman, yeah. all you can really see are his jeans and her legs. That that's it. So yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was still really dark with that one, but some of the scenes, like with the the phantasm with the uh, sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was really crisp and clean, and a lot of the the other stuff that was uh, clean and definitely an upscale. Okay, yeah, my my copy was definitely not like that, so we'll we'll definitely have two different opinions on some things, I think. <laughs> so, but uh, digressing, uh, where were we again? Well, speaking speaking of the spheres, mm-hmm. uh, do you know what's in them? Uh, I'm gonna guess a small little drill and two forky things. It inside those spheres are actually uh, shrunken brains of the the people that the tall man had actually killed, and he controls them with his mind. So he's got kind of this telepathic hold over them, and he's able to control the sphere with his mind, mind controlling the mini brain that's in it. I'm trying to remember where we actually see that because I know it's not in this movie. So it's obviously in a sequel. Is it two? Uh, you know what? I don't remember. I just remember some of the, the things like that. And the, the gold one. The gold spheres are fucking awesome as hell. Gold spheres. Holy shit. Now you're talking about... Now, okay, now now you're making me... I'm going to have to go and watch the other ones now because I don't remember gold spheres. <laughs> the the gold one was also in Phantasm 2. Was it in 2? Okay, see. Well, good. Yeah. Uh, maybe I have to, I don't have to go that far. Sweet. I, I got really lucky, by the way, about four or five months ago. Um... I wanted to to buy these movies because my my addiction was still running strong, and <laughs> still if you're familiar with it's running horror, strong now, <laughs> it, yeah, that's why I said it's still running strong. Um, We're talking, and you're imagining you're familiar, about the next movies you want to buy. <laughs> right, I already am. Yeah, I'm still going through Macari as we're talking. <laughs> um, but anyway, if you're familiar with horror movies and some of the the releases and the distribution companies, you know the Arrow Video is probably one of the best best uh, distribution companies out there for retro classic um horror and sci-fi they're they're the best um they released a box set of the sphere movies that came with a replica sphere and uh man that thing had shot up in price and i wasn't about to drop like 150 bucks for it and i found amazon uk had it and it was like 30 bucks so um I went ahead and I snagged it up. I think it was like an extra ten bucks to ship to the U.S. So fuck it, forty bucks, I'll take it. Yeah, that's, that's the first good. four movies in that sphere and everything. Um, that's like the prize of my collection right now. So you can actually buy from Amazon UK. 
Yeah, I actually buy from Amazon UK, Amazon Germany, <laughs> Amazon US, Amazon Canada. I uh, I got that Prime card, and I mean, you can create an account anywhere. It, it just depends on if they will ship to the U.S. Like, you can't buy from a third party. Yeah. Uh, from some of those other ones. So you actually have to buy it from Amazon in that area. That's interesting. I had no idea you could do that. Wow. Yeah, I ordered is... a couple of uh, really nice media books from Germany. Yeah. Amazon's taking over the planet. Pretty soon, it's only going to be Amazon and Disney, and that's it. Oh, yeah. <sighs> wow. Uh, and it, it's getting more and more expensive to get into Disney, but things on Amazon are getting cheaper and cheaper. So it's all good. Until Disney buys Amazon, and then, then we're all doomed. Until Disney buys Amazon, yep. Yeah, then we're, we're all doomed. <laughs> um, then, <laughs> then Disney will be able to get get us anywhere. Anywhere. Um. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I just had this image in my head of Mickey Mouse in like a ninja costume. Just popping up. <laughs> <laughs> oh god anyway so um where the hell were we oh yeah we were still uh talking about the uh the finger so jody who i still think uh really could have given a little bit more of a oh my god it's a it's a fucking finger in a box and it's all yellow and bloody and and it's moving no no we didn't get that from from jody um but uh, then Jody, in his in, <laughs> in his uh, infinite wisdom, uh, you know, hands his brother a shotgun, um, and <laughs> and it's like, okay, you know, uh, only use this, only aim this at somebody if you intend on killing them. That's great advice. Great advice to hand. Uh, are we saying he's thirteen? Is that where we're going with? Is he supposed to be thirteen? Because the kid's driving a car at one point in time in the movie, so I'm really confused as to how old he is. I'm I'm gonna go with the fact that he's 13, but give me one. Keep talking, and I'll look it yeah, up. Yeah, okay. So he hands he hands him a, a, a freaking shotgun, and is pretty much like, you know, only only you. Uh, if you aim this at somebody, you have to have the intent on on shooting them. Uh, it, it, great advice, I guess, for to give a, a gun to a child. Um, and then he decides he's going to be the one to go out and go check out what Mikey saw, goes in the same window that Mikey had broken, um, comes across the evil Jawas, uh, the evil Jawas in this case actually jump on his back. Um, so he has a little bit more of a fight with the evil Jawa. It sounded like one of them was biting him, uh, but I'm guessing it didn't. Uh, but it really sounded like it was the the sounds that these things make. I mean, it is Ron Jeremy at his like absolute most tired in a porno like when he's been going at it for a long time and he's just really tired these are the sounds that that these things are making um and if you're too young to to know who ron jeremy is google him um but uh holy shit yeah what i was right 13 yeah jody explains that he didn't bring his 13 year old brother mike because their parents died recently and he felt mike would be traumatized by another funeral Okay, so 13 years old, I can understand driving a dirt bike, which we see him driving a dirt bike through the cemetery, by the way, I want to point out, um, at one point in time, and then we see him driving a car, and he's actually he's actually repairing the car at one point in time. Like, he's underneath the car, being a mechanic. Better than me. What was that? <laughs> 
accurate, but still. And by the way, that car uh, is freaking sweet. I want to point out that yes. that car was really sweet. And if I had that car in this day and age, first of all, it would cost like 50 bucks to fill fill it up every two days because it would run through gas so freaking quick. Um, but that, that you own a car like that, you are a man. You are an absolute man. Um, un, unlike, unlike my car, which is, which is not a man's car. Um, so anyway, yeah. Um, so Jody runs across the evil, evil Jawa. Uh, all in all, um, begins a chase scene, uh, with, uh, a Jody pulling up, excuse me, Mikey pulling up in the car, uh, which is why I start getting confused as to how old Mikey is because Mikey just shows up with the car. Like, like this is a normal everyday thing. What I want to know is aside from the fact of everybody having sex in the cemetery, why, where are the police in this town? Jody shot the evil Jawa. Like four times, with a very loud gun. Not a single cop in this town. We know there's a bartender. We know there's an ice cream truck because that's Reggie's job. But not a cop. There's a bartender. There's Reggie. There's Ozzy. There's Ozzy's <laughs> granddaughter. <laughs> there. I think there's only about thirteen people in this town. And there used to be fifteen, but two of them died in a car accident. I guess two. The two of them died in a car accident. Actually, there used to be twenty. Two of them died in the car accident. The other three were taken by the tall man. So this is a very, very small town. Do we even know like where this is taking place? I, it clearly it screams like like northeast. It does. It almost screams like it like it's New Jersey. I don't know why, but I have this strong feeling it's like New Jersey. I was thinking out like towards Vegas. Were you really? Yeah, you know what? Let's let's see if that's also in the notes here. Yeah, why not? <laughs> T- take a look at that because I it really gave you that feeling this was like some 1980s northeast and the only reason why it made me made it feel like that is because i was born in new york and and in the 80s on long island it was had that feeling you know really this movie seemed to capture that so that that's why it it, uh made me think of it anyway but so jody shows up in the car um and again 13 year old driving a car a little weird but uh he gets mike they drive off, and suddenly they're being chased by the hearse. And they think there's nobody driving the hearse. All you see is like an empty, empty hearse. And the, but the hearse is still, you know, going after them, and they're firing the guns at them, or they're firing the guns at the hearse. They manage to disable the hearse. The hearse drives off the side of the road, and they go back to it because that's what you do. You go back to it. I mean, I wouldn't have. I would have kept on going. But they go back to the hearse. And to find that it's one of those little evil Jawas that was driving. That's why they they thought no one was driving it. Um, which, by the way, good for that evil Jawa in driving because he couldn't even see over the steering wheel. And that's a pretty big curse. So good, yeah. good, good for it. But it's also been plunged with a tree branch. And that's when they pull the hood back, which, let's, be, let's face it, I've always wanted to pull the hood back on a Jawa. I would love to know what a Jawa's face looks like. Even on the toy, they don't show you what the damn face looks like. Um so uh, he pulls the the Jawa's head back, uh, Jawa's hood back, and it's they find it's their buddy Tommy who died in the beginning of the movie. Except Tommy is now shrunken, and his face is all shrunken as well. So now mm-hmm. we now we know that the tall man is taking dead bodies, and he's making them into these little Jawas, uh, which uh, we later find out are slaves that he's just making them do his bidding. And and once once you're a small Jawa, you make funny noises. So that's that's good to know. I thought so anyway. Ooh, teeny. Utini. Um did you find uh, did you find out where it was? Yes, California. California. 
They specify like where? Like was it like North California? Uh, Oakland, Los huh? Angeles, Huntington Beach, that area. Oakland is nowhere near Los Angeles. <laughs> Just to point that, that out. That was the filming location. Oh, filming the, location. Okay. All right. The house and gardens were uh, at 2960 Peralta Oaks Court, Oakland, California, USA, oh, cool. Morningside Cemetery. So that's a real cemetery. Morningside is, is the really the cemetery's name. Yep. Wow. They didn't even try to change it. That's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Um, what about the the town? Like the town was was it a, was it a set build or was it was it like somewhere actually in 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 uh, L.A. or whichever? Uh, it just said California. Let That's me uh, keep going, and I'll look right. up specific location. Sure, sure. Um, so uh, yes, yeah, so we find the evil Jawa. We find it's it's Tommy, and now we know what what the uh, uh, tall man is doing. This tall man who, by the way, before all of this, just has a fixation on Mikey for some reason, or Mike for some reason. There really was no reason for the tall man to have a fixation on him in the beginning of this movie, but he just suddenly did. So him and Mike seem to be tied in some way. Um, Mike's even having dreams about him before any of this actually happens. So it's kind of I thought that was kind of kind of interesting that they kind of made them connected uh, before any of this even happened. So... But the tall man, um, who uh, we now know what, what's going on with uh, what's going on with him and, and all these dead bodies and stuff like that. So now it's time to gear up and get get people out there to uh, uh, to try to stop the tall man. And some other stuff did happen in the middle of this, but it you know it doesn't really matter. So we're just gonna go straight to the straight to the important thing, you know, going towards the final battle. So they all go back to the house. We got Reggie now uh, slash ice cream man. Um, with the fantastic bald head ha- uh, ponytail haircut, um, except in this movie, is brown. And as the movies continue on, it's the same haircut, but it just gets grayer, which I think is hysterical. But uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with a ponytail and a bald head. I'm just saying. No, 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 not at all. He pulls it off really well. So do others. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they all go. To, they all go to Morningstar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So they all go to Morningstar uh, at this point. And uh, the Scooby gang gets separated, um, as, as it were, at this point in time. So they're all they're all kind of a little separated. But we do find them back all together when they find the dimensional room. And, and personally, I don't know why you keep a room in, in a, uh, um, a mortuary that is just a dimensional portal. It kind of makes me wonder about other mortuaries, like what they actually are hiding back there. I mean, all we know is that they do have bodies and they have embalming fluid, but do they all have these dimensional portals? I don't know. Um, I think we're going to need to need to do an investigative report on that. But that's aside the point. So we find that the tall man, the reason why this uh, he bleeds yellow and everything, is because he's from another dimension, um, and that's where he's sending all the uh, all the little Jawas. Over to over there to be slaves and stuff like that. So for whatever reason, they're taking dead people to and you know that's another thing to bring up because when you see the dimension of where he is of where he comes from, there's nothing there. There's like a lot of red in another side of a dimension, a dimensional portal. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of this? They're just doing nothing with it. Like I I don't understand what it is they're collecting dead bodies for. 
Did did, did you did you catch anything? I I didn't I didn't catch that. I did not, but I do see here where it says a film takes place in a small Californian town. Okay. <laughs> so, we don't have a specific name, but it is California. So, why don't we just call it Morningstar? The name of the city is Morningstar. And the reason why I is say Morningstar that or Morningside. Morningside, sorry, Morningside. And the reason why I say that is because everything seems to happen in the cemetery, so the entire town must be named Morningside. Exactly. It's it's a it's a town inside the cemetery. Exactly. Which is why everyone has sex there. It makes total sense now. It all comes together in one nice little package. So No, no it doesn't. And let's let's actually skip a few here because <laughs> we're we're running we're running. Oh, uh, we are at the we're end. We're running long on this. We're at the end, um, though. It's right there. Huh? It's right there. The ending is right there. Go for it. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, that was a great show. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, I'll, I'll, ra- I'll wrap it up then. Um, so all in all, uh, we find out that the tall man's from another dimension. Um, and... This is where the movie takes a spin. So, um, Jody gets gets out. Uh, Mikey is is not in in the picture at the, at this point in time. Uh, Reggie is in this room, and he somehow manages to turn the dimensional rift the other way. So now everything's getting sucked into the dimensional rift. He manages to get uh, himself do you out of the room. Remember how he did that? Yeah, he touched it. Yeah, he touches the tuning fork and it yeah. changes the frequency. Yeah, which was interesting. It was just like, okay, that's all it took. And and it didn't even seem like he had any reason to do it. He just walked up to it and was kind of like, I'm going to touch these at the same time and just did it. Next thing you know, everything's reversed. You know, I don't. Well, we got we got a little bit of foreshadowing with that earlier when uh, Reggie and Jody are on the front uh, front step and they're playing guitar. Okay. And he grabs that tuning fork and, you know, hits it. So he's got this kind of thing with a tuning fork. Okay. All right. Maybe I missed that. Maybe I completely missed that. Maybe that's what he recognized. Did they do a flash or something? Maybe I missed. Like him thinking no. of it as a tuning No? Okay. All right. So maybe... No, but so- that, scene, that scene came first, and then later on we come across this tuning fork, and that's I think that's when he understands that it's, it's working at this frequency, and if he can do something to uh, interrupt that frequency... That maybe things would would change, and it didn't quite go as he planned. So. No, definitely did not go as he planned because he does he does manage to change it um, and barely gets out of the room himself. Um, but when he does get out, he manages to get all the way out of the house. Uh, comes across a woman who's laying on the ground, and he's like, "Oh, you know, maybe this is a woman who just finally got out." And it turns out to be Angus Scrim again in drag. Um, and Angus Scrim, as the woman, stabs him in the stomach. So you're like, okay, well, Reggie made it all the way out. He's going to survive. Fuck, he gets stabbed in the stomach. Um, can we can we backtrack for a second here? Yeah, I know I, yeah. I was actually the one that said, let's wrap it up. But <laughs> go, go back to Reggie for a second. Yeah, yeah. Reggie's like Reggie. driving his his little ice cream truck. He's, yep. he's having a good old time. Mm-hmm. And then he wrecks his truck. Okay. We, we find that later with, with uh, uh, Mikey and the, the girls and things like that. Mm. We assume something happened to Reggie at this point in time. One, two, skip a few. Now Mikey, Mikey and Jody are in the mausoleum. Yep. And they're staring at this door 
And then here's Reggie. Perfectly fine. Hey, guys. How you doing? And and what was his excuse? Where the fuck did you come from? What was his excuse? Do you remember what his excuse right? was? Right? I can tell you what no. he said, because I, I, I flipped through it again a little while ago. Uh, he said he, he was spent the entire time playing dead. Right? He was playing dead. It's like, okay, so at any point in time, this guy who takes dead bodies and makes them into evil Jawas, you're basically giving him an opportunity to do that. You know, instead of trying to get the fuck out, you're playing dead. Yeah, yeah. And it's not the right place oh, to play dead. Let's, I, I love Don Coscarly. I think he's great. But mm-hmm. let's take a little bit and talk about how much lazy, how, how lazy this writing was. Um, he just suddenly appears in the mortuary. Mm-hmm. Uh, skip a little bit further. Oh, yeah, I found these girls and I got them out. Yeah. Yep. Y- you did? <laughs> yep. Good for you. You got them out and you came back. Oh, you would God. you would think he would have ran. You would I would have taken him to the nearest cemetery. That's that's you know that works out because it's everywhere in this town. <laughs> the entire town is the fucking cemetery. Well, we'd first we'd stop by the closet bar and yeah, uh, yeah. get something to drink, and yeah. then head to the nearest tombstone to have uh, you know fun night of bumping uglies. <laughs> you actually no, you can't even say you'll have a fun night of bumping uglies because it never actually actually happens. Usually, it's usually every woman you, every woman you try to bang in this town turns turns out to be Angus Scrim, so, or just another old guy in disguise. <laughs> just another old guy. Hey, you're not even Angus Scrim. Who the hell are you? I just I'm huh? just here. Aren't <laughs> <laughs> you like my vagina, Sonny? <laughs> hey, that's not in your back pocket. At least Angus keeps it in his back pocket. Um, it's my prison wallet. <laughs> prison wallet. <coughs> Excuse me. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, poor Reggie gets stabbed in the stomach. Um, and this is where it, I'm, I'm actually a little confused. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, now I'm going to backtrack a second. So the interdimensional change happens inside. Okay. Um, why is it suddenly windy outside? And they really gave no reason as to why it was windy. All of a sudden, it was just windy. Did well, the did portal is, is sucking everything in. Yeah, from the inside though. Like there was no reason why it should be well, as windy outside. The door's open, isn't it? The door's closed. Well, Reggie ran out. Yeah, Reggie ran that out. That opened the door. Yeah, but but he closed the door. He ran out. Did and, he? Yeah, he did. He closed the door. Did he really? It, the door was closed. <laughs> the door was closed. Maybe it sucks so hard. The movie, I mean, that um, <laughs> it pulled the door open. You know, come to think of it, at this point in time in the movie, it was windy in my room, too. It's so freaking weird. The wind just came out of nowhere. Right? Oh, my God, dude. I was I messaged um, Devil Bunny's uh, father. Yeah. And I sent him a picture of... Uh, the Twilight Zone set, and I told him, you know, you're going to have to make some time. We're going to have to binge watch this. And I told him, I said, well, you know, except it's got um, this smell to it, so I've got to seal it up and, and put it with uh, some dryer sheets and everything. And he's like, does that work? I said, oh, yeah, it gets the smell right out of him. He goes, all right, because I got some movies that stink. I need to put that on. <laughs> and I didn't get it. And I go in this long tirade, like two paragraphs of, of a text message of, oh, yeah, it works great. Get the Ziploc bag and blah, blah, blah. And as I hit enter, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's what he meant. 
So you sit there. I just, felt so stupid. Did, did you send it or did you just hit delete, 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 delete? No, I, I sent it. It was like as <laughs> I hit been send, at you. it dawned on me. <laughs> oh, it's hysterical. That is really funny. Um, <laughs> that's why I only buy the movies that I like. You know, if if if, if I know it's, you know, if something I want to watch over and over again, or, or at least at least a few times, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it uh, to, to own it, but. If I'm if if I'm only gonna watch it like once, you know, I'll I'll rent it or or pick it up on on whatever on one of those streaming services yeah. or whatever. But um, well, so, so yeah, let's let's wrap this up because yep. we still got a voicemail we got to get to. Oh yeah, yeah, that's all right, that's right. So uh, all in all, uh, everything gets sucked back in. The the, the house gets sucked in, or excuse me, the uh, mortuary gets sucked into the other dimension, um, and this is where everything gets freaky. Because Reggie's laying there, uh, presumably dead, um, on the ground, and all of a sudden, it seems to have been uh, that Jody was dead the entire time, and everything that happened was a dream that Mikey was dreaming, and Reggie was very much alive and was taking care of Mikey. Uh, I don't think that's what happened. Uh, that's um, what I just watched. <laughs> unless, unless I fell asleep, like for for five minutes or something. Because, well, I, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I think you may be right. I, I remember Reggie talking to him in front of the fire. Yep. And hugging him and you know being all romantic yep. and saying and, how he was going to take care of him. Yeah, and and basically saying you know it was just a bad dream. You know it. You just lost your brother. You know I can't replace your brother, but I'm gonna try. And uh, like, and then he says, "Hey, you know what? We need a change of scenery. Why don't Why don't we hit the road for a few weeks and just get out of here?" And the kid's like, "Yeah, that sounds like a good idea." So he goes, "Okay, go up and get your stuff." He goes up to go pack, and the kid's packing, and he happens to close like a door, and there's a mirror there, and Angus Scrim's reflections in the mirror. And then the kid turns around, and it is Angus Scrim, and that's where that's where we end. So the question is, is it a dream? Is it not a dream? What the hell happened? What the hell happened? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this uh, movie. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite my tongue there. Go ahead. I, I will say, if you guys have your own interpretation, let us know. Uh, you can send us an email at horrorpocalypse at gmail.com. You can post it on our Facebook page. You could even give us a phone call and leave a voicemail at 323-5-HORROR, 323-5-H-O-R-R-O-R. Speaking of which, we have a voicemail from Danny uh, letting us know his thoughts on uh, Phantasm. So let's go ahead and uh, take a listen to that. Kitties, it's your old putrid body. Uh, buddy, the Crypt Keeper here. It seems I get to introduce a segment on a low-budget podcast where unsuspecting victims call in and let their shrieks be heard. <laughs> oh, the fear of it all. But you know how the old saying goes. The Marg, the Maria. <laughs> Tell us all your fears in a piece we like to call Tales from the Phone Line. <laughs> Good evening. Uh, my name is Danny, and I 
put on the Patreon request for a group of films, but the one that got chosen was fantastic. Um, it's its 40th anniversary, and I think it's a classic film. The uh, reason I thought it was a classic film is uh, it first uh, really intrigued me when I was little, and they would run TV spots when it was in the theaters at the time. And, uh, you know, they put the deep, booming narrator voice, put the scare in you, uh, telling you how frightening this film is. I was intrigued, and I seen the film posters at the round of theaters at that time, so I really wanted to see it, but being really young at the point, I could not see it. It wasn't until around 83, 84 when I finally got to see the film and I actually saw it at a sci-fi horror convention. Uh, they would actually run uh, movies on projectors and they had a late showing for Phantasm. So I stayed, stayed awake and watched that film and it uh, freaked the hell out of me, um, especially the silver balls, you know, and that is what the film is famous for. But I just grown an appreciation of the film over the years, not just for being at the time for me really scary, but now I appreciate it more for its sort of dreamlike quality of the film. It seems like it's a not a narrative story and more that it's reflections of nightmares you may have or good dreams you may have. And that's how I think the film is. I think it's a self contained film. I know there's sequels to it, but Sequels are very in quality to me, but the original film, I believe, really captured that essence of a movie that is projecting someone's dream onto the screen and uh, and a nightmare on the screen. And so because of that, I think um, it's a classic film. I really enjoy watching it, at least once a year, catching it. No, I, own, I own the film myself, but also catching it every once in a while, whatever they show it. So I just think it's a great film, and I appreciate you guys taking time to review it, and I appreciate everyone who voted for it. And enjoy the show, folks. Thank you. Bye. All right. Well, thank you, Danny. We appreciate you reaching out to us with those uh, awesome words. Really uh, thank you so much for the donation. Thank you so much for the recommendation and calling in. Uh, What do you think, Chris? Well, I think Danny really appreciates the movie. Uh, He really, really enjoys it. Um, he's got a great tie to it though. I mean, talking about, you know, going to the conventions and yep. things like that. I, yep. I don't, my first horror convention, I didn't go to till I was like in my late thirties. So pretty, I, I was pretty much the same. Like I didn't even know a horror convention was a thing until, uh, uh, we stumbled across this thing up here called the rock and shock out in, uh, Adam Worcester. And I hate to say it. I mean, the rock and shock was really big. Like 10 years ago, it was huge. It was enormous. Um, there were so many different guests that showed up and so many different vendors. And over the years, it's been getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I'm really afraid that one of these years it's going to stop. So if there's anybody in Massachusetts that listens uh, to, to this podcast, go to the Rock and Shock. You know, spend the money. It's like 20 bucks or whatever to get in the door for a day. Go go over there, spend some money on some vendors, see some uh, see some celebrities, get some autographs, keep the thing going because it's a lot of fun. It really is, and it, it's a good day out, you know. If anything else, and you you end up giving some money to some of these some of these actors who may not be doing a whole lot anymore, you know. So this may be part of their income and stuff like that. And, and there are people who've probably you know probably affected you in some way. Um, 
we did get people like, uh, well, <laughs> this guy in general, you know, he's clearly not, not hard up for money, but like people like Robert England, you know, he went there one year and the year that he went there, the place was packed, was absolutely packed. I mean, they haven't had any huge names like that lately. Maybe that's what's keeping people away, but it's still fun. Even with the, even with the big people, you know, I still say go, go. Um, but same thing. Um, now I'm off my tirade. I'm off my soapbox, but, uh, uh, yeah, same th- same exact thing. I didn't know that there was any anything called a horror convention until until I was in my thirties. So, well, Danny brings up a good point in that voicemail as well, which I wanted to to kind of make a quick mention of. A long time ago, I think back when you first started recording with me on this, we we had a discussion about mm. horror and sci-fi because you're you're more of a sci-fi fan than you are a horror mm-hmm. fan. And I talked about how there was kind of a a fine line between horror and science fiction. Yep, this movie. Uh, he said he saw this one at a sci-fi convention. Um, what do you consider it? Do you consider it horror or science fiction? Uh, this movie definitely walks that fine line. It is definitely like this. This is a perfect example of, of the tightrope walk. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, if I had to just, if somebody would ask me like you did just now, where's it fall? I had to say sci-fi. I would definitely say sci-fi just for the sake of what it is in the end. Cause in the end it, it's, we're talking about dimensional rifts and shit like that. That's not, that's not a, a horror theme. That's a sci-fi theme, but there are murders that happen in this movie. There is a little bit of gore that happens in them in this movie, which, which makes it angle towards more horror, but ultimately it's sci-fi based. So it's, so it's a sci-fi if box an inter- with horror. Go ahead. If an interdimensional <clears throat> portal uh, or interdimensional being is a uh, subject of a sci-fi, mm-hmm. would you consider poltergeist science fiction? You know, that's a good point. In this case... Because that's an interdimensional <clears throat> being. In, they in go through case, a portal. No, no, you're right. You're right to a point. You're definitely right to a point. And there's no murder or anything in that one. You, you, you're right to a point. Well, no, you're right. There is a murder in that one. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. My God, my, I'm sorry. I, I, I got to take a drink. Hang on. All right, sorry about that. Um, so as far as Poltergeist is concerned, uh, I, I have to actually think that it is thriller. Now, I wouldn't even say sci-fi. I wouldn't even say horror. I would say thriller. And reason being is that it's dealing with a ghost dimension. All right, the tall man, it doesn't specify what dimension he's from, just that it's another dimension. In Poltergeist, they're clearly dealing with with the dead and clearly dealing with ghosts and stuff like that. So I would say thriller as the fact of you're right. There's no, no one getting murdered, but there is drama going on there. And there are, there are points of like jump scares and stuff like that. Like, uh, uh, the tree coming after the kid, you know, through the window and Craig T. Nelson, for some reason, running up a telephone pole, not a tree trying to save his son, which to me always sticks out in my head. Um, <clears throat> But that's that. I, I would I would throw that uh, towards thriller. I wouldn't throw that towards horror or sci-fi. How do how do you how do you okay. classify it? What, what what do you say? Uh, I completely disagree. Really? Okay. <laughs> are you are you saying sci-fi? Uh, for Poltergeist? Yeah, for Poltergeist. No, I consider Poltergeist a horror. You do? Okay. I mean, I if, if we're we're going on this because we're talking about the fine line on horror and and sci-fi, why I consider Phantasm to be more sci-fi than than horror. I mean. Yeah, you're right about about the about the dimensions, but I still say in Poltergeist it's definitely dealing with a ghost dimension. So, but you're right, it's not. It I I don't I don't see it as for me as anything hor- uh, horrific. But go ahead. 
for me to define science fiction, mm -hmm. I need a bit of technology that is not represented in today's society. Tuning fork dimensional portal. I'm sorry? Tuning fork dimensional portal. Dimensional portal. But that, like the one in Poltergeist, for example, is a... Like, like in Phantasm, it's created by that that giant tuning fork. Yeah. So there's there's technology. Mm -hmm. In Poltergeist, it's more of a supernatural aspect. There's no mm -hmm. technology that's doing it. Correct. Well, but mm. that's a discussion for another day. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> now, now you're making me think of something because now I'm like, fuck. I'm gonna go back and watch Poltergeist. It's been a while. I I, I gotta rewatch that because now now I need to do some uh, disassembling. But I'm sorry. I digress. You sound like you're talking into a pillow. Because I was talking into a pillow. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you so much for, for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to us once again. Uh, donating an hour and a half hey. of your time to listen to us bullshit about all kinds of stuff. Hey. <laughs> hey. Danny, I hope we brought you justice to your your movie. Hey. Um, huh? Hey. What? We forgot something. What did we forget? How you rating this? Oh. <laughs> well, you were so you guys at the beginning. You were so tired. tired. Yeah, you were so tired. You were just like, I just want to go to bed. Fuck this. Like, <laughs> you, you still gotta rate it. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Since you asked me first this time, I guess I'll go. I'm gonna give it a three out of five. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic. I really do. And it's not without its problems. A lot of those problems are date worthy and did it really translate well to today um i was this came out what 1979 i was four yeah. years old when this movie came out so um had i seen it back then i probably would have been awestruck looking at it from i probably started 1990 or so was probably the first time i had seen this movie so it was already a little dated by then Rewatching it now yeah, I think my only real complaint to it is it's too dreamlike. Uh, I I couldn't I couldn't not pick up my phone at some point in time in this movie and and go shopping. I couldn't uh, focus one hundred percent on this movie and not find myself kind of getting droopy. And I can't help but feel that if we removed all of that aspect and just made it like a, a standard movie today. We're looking 30, 40 minutes. It's it's a TV show. Yeah. So I think that kind of counted against it. But all in all, great movie. Um, you know what? No, I forgot something. Three and a half stars. We got some yabos. So it gets that half star bump. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for you to mention that. I was sitting here waiting. I was like, if he doesn't say it, I'm really going to enjoy saying it. If he doesn't say it. <laughs> How about you? What do you rate it? Um, it actually gets a three-star for me, including the half-star bump uh, with the boobies. Um, I did I, I did like the movie. I, I did. Um, is it the most fantastic movie I've ever seen in my entire life? No, it's not. I mean, is it is it dated? Yeah, it's definitely dated, absolutely. Um, I do think that if you were to take the premise of this movie and do it today, it could be really kind of cool with today's effects. I think it would it would definitely... And I'm not talking about like stuff like Ravager, you know. We're, I'm we're, we're going to take that out of the equation. I mean, if you were to take uh, Phantasm and hit reboot and did it today, uh, it would it could look really fantastic. And I think that would uh, uh, they bring a little more life back in back into it if if they wanted to. But um, for this movie anyway, um, yeah, you know what? It's definitely dated. It definitely feels like 1979, 1980. 
you know, type type of uh, type type of place. But aside from the fact of they didn't have a whole lot of money, from what we could tell, um, and and he really loves cemeteries, and we do get boobs, um, and Angus Scrim. I mean, he. <laughs> I don't know if I ever mentioned, you know, my uh, one of my roommates uh, is an autograph collector, and he wrote to Angus Scrim before he died. And got a returned uh, a returned autograph from him, and the picture he has is like one of the sweetest pictures you've ever seen. It's an older gentleman with his two dogs or or, or his two cats, I forget which. And it's really funny to see that guy like that because when you see him, you see him as the tall man. You don't see him as this. He could be somebody's grandfather. You know, you, you don't see it like that. So. Um, I mean, I like it for the for the uh, for the fact of it gave this guy it's you know a pretty good career out of it, um, but yeah, you know, definitely uh, definitely a three for me. Cool, cool. So, as I was saying, thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna come at you next week with, uh, or actually, yeah, coming at you next week with it 2017, and that's the last of our Patreon picks. So uh, nobody's uh, contributed lately, assholes. So um, <laughs> that could be why you keep you keep calling them names. <laughs> you know what, Justin over at Straight Chillin' said the same thing. He, he well, he threw me under the bus and oh, told he, me how he, we. He cl- oh my god, he really threw you under the bus. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah. How we we just lay right into you guys. But you know what? We look at it like that restaurant where you're paying the the uh, waiters and waitresses to insult you. You know it's all in fun. For some of you. For some of you, yeah. Others, we do hate you. We really do. But give us your money. <laughs> anyway, guys. Don't forget, check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. We need at least 25 more of you as of this recording. Um, that'll help us get our custom URL. You can jump on over to Patreon, uh, get exclusive content after nearly every episode. Not this one because we didn't plan on it. Um, For as little as $1 a month. You can also donate a $6 uh, a month fee. And you can pick a movie for us to watch like we did today. Uh, You could torture us. You can give us, you know, uh, a good movie. Whatever you want. That's your money. We're going to make sure you pay. Um... You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and a Snapchat that doesn't seem to move anywhere. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking no about. On that one? <clears throat> I don't know what you're talking Snapchat. about. Um, you know, it's Snapchat's abandoned. It's it's completely abandoned. Just forget Snapchat even exists. <laughs> Could we ever get a follower? Abandoned. No, no. We uh, The only followers we ever got were the people who I already knew from Snapchat and they were already very confused as to who the hell this was. <laughs> so uh, I, and there was nothing to really Snapchat out there. You know, it's, it, unless you're at a horror convention, um, which by the way, I'll be at a horror convention in October, the rock and shock, everyone should go. Um, unless you're at a horror convention, there's really nothing to Snapchat, you know, as far, as far as I can tell. <laughs> if you, uh, if you see Chris at that convention, go up to him. Maybe he'll have some, uh, some bracelets. What do you think, Chris? You think you'll have bracelets? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I still got bracelets. Um, I actually gave out a few uh, this past week. Um, the uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite breweries, um, and I'm gonna plug them, even though uh, uh, they don't need a plug, but I'm gonna plug them anyway. Um, in Everett, Massachusetts, Bone Up, B O N E U P, Bone Up Brewing. 
um, on Santilli uh, Highway in Everett. Uh, they're fantastic, by the way. Um, the owners over there are really, really cool. Um, and I told them about us doing the podcast and everything, and they were uh, they were super excited about it. So I gave them a few stickers. I gave them a couple bracelets, uh, which they immediately put on. So sweet. Ho- hopefully, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be getting some stickers uh, popping up around there somewhere. Maybe maybe in view of people would be nice. <laughs> Sounds good. So if you need more, let me know. I still have, I think, about another 200 of them here, so I can always send you another bag of 50 to hand out if need be. Yeah, no, I, I got, um, I definitely got enough. Nice. If you have any ideas for um, products that you'd like to see, some promotional items, like somebody mentioned slap slap, uh, slap bracelets, I think would be fun and kind of retro. I, I like who that said, idea. Who said Let that? Us, I think you did. did. Okay, because somebody said that to me the other day, and they were like, or these slap bracelets, and I just started laughing. I was like, "No, no, no, we can't do that. We're afraid some people will stab each other with them, just just as a, as a as a gag." And then it popped in my head, and I think that's when I texted you uh, and said, "Slap bracelets." <laughs> yeah, and if you guys want to stab each other with them, go for it. It'll it'll put us out on the news and get we, us some more exposure. Yeah, but but we don't we don't but, condone that. We, we we don't 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 stab each other with them, please. Don't. But if you want to, go ahead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why am Just I the sure voice of drink reason? Drink a cup of bleach after. Just drink a cup of bleach when you're done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you drink that cup of bleach, make sure you you use the bleach to, uh, to swallow that Tide Pod that's in your mouth. And do it all with a horror apocalypse coffee mug. <laughs> Which, by the way, my oh, dad horrible. my dad was very very upset that I took the coffee mug with me. And he thought he, he he thought I was leaving it for, and I, I just started laughing. I was like, "No, fuck you! This is mine. <laughs> my coffee mug." So my dad wants a well, coffee I'll reach mug. Out and, I'm I'll reach out and see if we can get more made, and if so, yeah. I'll send him one. So we'll take care of it. But guys, if you have any ideas that you uh, want to see or hear on the show, just go ahead and let us know. Send us an email at horrorpocalypse at gmail dot com. H o r r o, no final r. Apocalypse at gmail.com. Send us, an e- uh, send us a voicemail at 323 uh, 5Horror. Um, post about it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can send Chris a Snapchat on our <laughs> defunct page. And we'll never look at it ever. <laughs> we'll never look at it, no. You know, I give you a hard time about Snapchat, but you know what? You notice I haven't mentioned Vero in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I haven't. Hey. I haven't been keeping up with Vero. Hey, uh, but anyway, guys. Hey, actually, right before you do that, how is uh, Instagram going? Instagram's going very well. Uh, is it? I think I posted a picture last month and a half ago. So, we're, how many of you put up on Horror Apocalypse uh, Snapchat? I didn't mean you. I thought what's your name was was managing that. No, that's me. That's I you? do all of our social media, and you can clearly tell I know names because I said what's her name. She she's donated to us first and everything. She's been so so nice and everything to us. And first of all, I've never talked to her once in my life. But second, you mean you it, mean Larissa? Larissa, thank you. Yeah, yeah, her, her, Larissa. Yeah, um, Larissa's I'm, been uh, real busy lately, and she had a an accident on her bike, and she's oh. she's kind of hurt. So best wishes out to, to yeah, Larissa. Best wishes we out to her. You, uh, Sorry to hear it's that. been a while. It's been a while since that happened, but I know she's uh, still in pain. Her hands and knees still hurt. So. Uh, Hope you get better, and I hope the the pain stops at some point in time. Yeah. Hopefully, listening to us will make you laugh. And they say laughter is the best medicine, but we're no fucking Patch Adams. So hopefully, <laughs> you know, you, hopefully you get better. Thoughts and prayers, maybe. I don't know. We'll send something. And then I've never heard a doctor say take two horror apocalypses and call me in the morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my doctor on video saying that. 
But anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening. Chris, thank you for joining me on this episode. Uh, listen next week. We should have uh, Stephen King's It from 2017. And uh, once again, I can't fucking stand Finn Wolfhard, but we'll talk about it then. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Later. <laughs>